Welcome to the Self-Care with Gracie podcast, where we'll talk about self-care practices that really work, the self-awareness that helps you to become your own best friend, and how all of that adds up to having really good self-esteem and enjoying your beautiful life. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Today, I'm here to offer a pep talk around setting strong boundaries for yourself. This is an important pep talk for me to give because it's one that I give to myself um, pretty much every day. Some people seem like they were born with great boundaries. Some people had really great boundaries modeled for them. I, I don't consider myself to be either of those two categories. Instead, I, early on in life, got the idea that if everyone around me could be happy and every, if, the, if the vibe was like easy, then I could relax and maybe take care of myself. So the work, instead of protecting myself, became in making everyone else happy. This has its benefits. I, I, I'm sensitive to a room full of people. Like I know what, what's happening and I know if someone's upset and my, I'm empathetic, my heart goes out to people I feel for situations. I'm really good at going with the flow of things. Like if the group energy wants to do something, if people are like, instead of you know, going out to eat, let's go to the beach. I'm like, amazing, let's do that. I don't, I don't feel like I, in group situations, have incredibly strong preferences that would make me high maintenance. And all of these I view as qualities that have have helped me enjoy my life, actually. But with every great quality in ourselves, we also have to look at the shadow side of that quality. And especially if it's a strong benefit to your personality, there's probably um, a strong thing in there that's that's difficult as well. And and I've always believed this about us all, that what is our, our best quality is also our worst quality which is is nice to kind of just be able to recognize that 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 we don't have to like sever the the hard qualities off because that means that we don't get to have like the beautiful qualities but instead what we do with shadow is we shine light on it and we take time to look at it so my own particular shadow is that in the pursuit of trying to make everyone else happy around me I've, I've let myself get drawn into situations that didn't really serve me. I've spent a lot of energy worrying about disappointing other people. And um, I've not done things that I've wanted to do because it, it didn't go along with what the group wanted. The result of all of this is, is that, you know, the, the worrying about other people being disappointed or what other people thought of me, that just took a lot of excess energy that could have gone towards like um, learning a language. (laughs) I always think of this, like when I think of all the energy I've spent worrying in my life, I'm like, oh, I could have learned Mandarin by now. (laughs) Or the cello, you know, these things that like, if we could focus that energy in something in the here and the now that is productive, that it's, we could, we could really be living out our dreams and the energy we spend worrying about what other people think and if we're doing the right thing and all the, all the other trappings of self-doubt. So it's, um, and also it's, it's made me angry at the people around me. (laughs) And this is what it is. It's like, if we could just kind of like go with the flow and be totally happy and embodied in that and like 
not feel like we're sacrificing anything, then the result is pretty happy and positive. And, and I hope we all have had times in our life where we don't feel like a super strong preference and we're just sort of cool to see how things unfold and to feel the freedom in that. And, but when we're doing it out of habit instead of out of choice, then chances are boundaries are being crossed. And if you find yourself in particular getting angry or frustrated with people in your life over and over again, I'd like to look at anger as a way of identifying um, when people are crossing boundaries. So if you find this pattern of anger coming up over and over again, then it's a time to look at like what what is it that's happening in that relationship that you are are sacrificing yourself. It it would be something if we could sacrifice ourselves and if it would actually make the other people around us happy. But that's really not how it works. When we are continually not doing what we want to do, when we're saying no to ourselves so we can say yes to somebody else in the hopes of making them happy, we're not really serving the other person either. For a long time in my life, I, w- I was really scared about canceling things in particular, that I had this whole story that if I canceled something, that it meant I was like a slacker and that I should, you know, when I was growing up, like my, my family is um, descended from Christian scientists, which is like, any sicknesses in your head, just get over it and like get up and go to school. <laughs> and so I, I think I carry with me this idea that if I do cancel something, if I'm not feeling well or something, it's like I, I should be able just to push myself through it. And I, I can to a point, but in, it, it doesn't really go very well when I do. And, and that's what I'm presenting here, that like if, if we're self-sacrificing, then we're actually hurting the people around us that we're trying to serve. And, and when I've noticed lately, when I've canceled commitments um, with, you know, anticip- how do you say that? I'm thinking of the word in Spanish, with, um, with some time beforehand. And when we do it kindly, when we're clear on why we're canceling it, we're not making up a lie or an excuse. We're just saying, like, I, it's, I don't have time for this. I'm sorry I overscheduled. Or, you know, this other thing came up and I, I want to do that thing if, if we feel like that's the right choice for us in that moment. Um, it's it's amazing to me how often when I've done that lately, people have responded being like, thank you so much. I actually have this other thing I need to do or that other date or time works much better for me. And it's it's like, I think we're, you know, especially if you're in relationship with other people who are trying to like make everyone else happy. It's, it's, it's amazing what just taking a little leadership and like choosing the restaurant that you want to go to <laughs> or, you know, canceling something and how much that can actually set the people free around us as well. Um, I know for myself that like, like one of my main habits that keeps me feeling healthy and alive in my body is, is eating earlier instead of later um, in the day. So I, especially in like a late heavy dinner, it, it just really doesn't work for my body anymore. I, it's been so long since I've done that consistently that when I do it, it just doesn't really make me feel that good. And I go to bed feeling kind of eh, and I wake up feeling ugh, and it, it's, it sets off a whole chain of events that, that isn't great. So last summer I went on vacation with my family. We went to Florida and all of us were staying in one condo with my mom, my brother, my aunt, my uncle, and um, really sweet time that we spent together. But, you know, all of them are dinner eaters for the most part. And I, I saw right away what was going to happen, that, you know, in trying just to go with the flow, I was, I was not going to feel good and it was going to make me feel upset and not, not great energy and maybe even angry and resentful. 
So what I started to present was like, okay, I would like, we would go into the day and I'd be like, this is just my idea. And I would tell them like, this is what I want to do. And I would always present like, you don't have to do it. It's okay. Like I, I can, you know, go to a, a later dinner and just not eat very much or eat earlier. But could we eat? Like if we'd be out, I'd be like, why don't we have a big lunch right now? And just like, you know, we, I started to just suggest this. And then at dinner, we, we bought a lot of stuff for the condo. So we had little, you know, snacky things. We started to like, have a little snacky dinner instead of like a big going out kind of ordeal because we already had already done that during the day and we were still kind of full from lunch, which is optimal time for digestion. And instead of like spending all of our energy going out at night, what we started to do was play games in the evening, which was really fun and a nice way to bond with each other that wasn't over food. And everyone, you know, I don't know if everyone knew why they were feeling better, but I think everyone actually felt better. And it, it, it took a little courage on my part to just assert the, the leadership of like, this is the idea that I want to do. But the result was something that served everybody. I think um, sometimes it's not so easy, though, that when um, another person really expects a lot of us, um, it can feel much harder to try to disappoint them. And... Um, it's, it's something, especially if we've habitually shown up in a way that we've given to another person over and over again, in a way that has not served us, um, the, the, that pattern is kind of set in motion. And so it's going to be harder to break it. If you think in your life about the relationships that um, you want to set boundaries on and it brings up fear to do it, then chances are those are the ones you need to do it with the most um, because it means there's just a lot, a lot trapped in there, you know, that there's something that's not working. And so what, what's really helped me to learn how to disappoint other people is, is one, to just embrace that, like, what, what is good for me is actually good for everybody. That if I'm coming to somebody with a, a feeling of, like, obligation, it's, it's not going to be a great exchange. And it, it could actually be setting them free to be able to have a much better experience in another way that involves somebody else. Um, and this, we see this in dating, that if we're not really that into a person by us stringing them along for a while because we're afraid of hurting their feelings, we're, we're actually wasting their time and helping them, you know, invest more into us, which will make the breakup harder in the end. And even though it might sting a little bit in the beginning, it, it, it is much kinder and much more compassionate to actually set them free um, if it's not working for us. The, the writer Pema Chodron, she talks about um, a blockage to actual compassion in Buddhism, she's a Buddhist writer, is, is something called idiot compassion. And idiot compassion is like not using discernment and like letting people walk all over us and, and staying stuck actually in the idea that we're being like a good person, quote marks there, um, by making someone else happy. And that true compassion is more about saying what you actually think with kindness as, as early on as you possibly can um, and letting people you know, just deal with the reaction that they have. And I think that point is really important for me in setting boundaries is that like to wait until the very last minute because I'm afraid, um, it, it, it makes the situation much more messy if I'm trying to cancel something. So right now my practice is, is like, as soon as I get the inclination that I need to set a boundary or say no to something, I do it as quickly as I possibly can with, you know, as few words as I possibly can. If I'm writing an email or calling someone, I don't, I don't try to like justify or explain or definitely, you know, really working on not like making up an excuse, but just say clearly this isn't working. And thank you 
for the opportunity and, and it's not. And, and if I can do it early on, I feel like it's so much cleaner in that way. Um, it, that takes some practice, you know, um, and, and if you do it, people might get upset. Like, it's not like we do all this stuff and then people are like, thank you for setting that boundary with me. I feel so much better. <laughs> but what I find is, especially people who are, hold on, we're going to let Poncho bark there for a second. Okay, especially with people in our life who um, come to us again and again and again, kind of demanding more than is reasonable for a person to demand. What they're doing, I think, is asking for a boundary to be set. And same way a little kid, when they're having a tantrum, they actually want someone to tell them to stop, you know, in a loving, kind way. They want someone to give them something to, like, some love and compassion and a feeling of safety. And what people can get from us if they come at us that way is even if they don't like it, it's, it's still, they, they respect it and it's helpful for them. And they actually are, in my opinion is they want it by coming at us in that way. Somebody said this to me recently and, and it's, it's just given me so much pause. It's, it feels so true to me the more I think about it, but the feeling of being disappointed, it's the feeling of actually getting your power handed back to you. I'm going to say that again. So the feeling of being disappointed by another person is the feeling of that person giving you your power back to you, which doesn't really feel good. Like I don't like being disappointed, but it's funny when I think about the times in my life when I've been most disappointed, it's the time when I've gotten the power back most strongly in in my life. And a great example of this is when I was finishing the Peace Corps, my mom decided to move to China. It was like, I missed her by like a month when I came home. And I just, I, at the point, that point, I so badly just wanted to go home and be in my childhood home. And my mom had decided to sell her house and move to China and was having this big, like, midlife epiphany. And I was so disappointed. I was, I was like, surprisingly upset about this whole thing. I felt, I felt very betrayed by her, very devastated. And, like, I, a time in my life when I needed the most safety and she wasn't there to give it to me. And... Um, and it, it set off a chain of events that was like, honestly, like a very difficult year for me where I felt not very empowered in my life and very lost and, and very not connected to my center. And, but, but I got through it. And that was the time where I really started practicing yoga. That was the time when I I started talking to a therapist. I I just, I did a lot of inner work that I, I was kind of wanting her to do for me the way that we can just tend to do with the people close to us. And even though it was not an easy process to go through it, when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was the year I really got my stability in myself as, as a human adult, <laughs> a woman on my own two legs. And I couldn't have done it if my mom had not disappointed me in, in making the choice that she did. So I'll, I'll leave you with that. And just keep thinking about that for yourself. Like, when in your life have you been disappointed like, how did that maybe actually help you to move forward? And once you start to understand that process for yourself and understand that you're not serving anybody by being self-sacrificing, then I think it gets much easier to set boundaries with, you know, with time, with, with compassion, um, with practice. It's okay if you do it the first time and it doesn't feel good. You know, if, you, if it's not graceful, that's fine. The first time we do anything, it's not graceful. But just keep coming back to it because... Um, the people in life who have been reported to be the happiest, most connected to their own spirits and um, always say the boundaries is a really important part of it. 
Brene Brown has done some studies on this that she says when people talk about being wholehearted and living a life that they love, um, boundaries always comes up in the conversation. And that the most giving people are actually the most boundaried people as well. So you, we all have it in us. Um, I'm really glad you took the time to listen to this podcast. I'd be really curious to hear your questions. So you can contact me at selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com or visit my website, um, selfcarewithgracie.com. Gracie is spelled with C-Y at the end. And um, follow me on Facebook and Instagram and get lots of fun updates about how to live your most beautiful life um, because you deserve it. Okay, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. <laughs>